right. Welcome to the Husky Pack podcast. I am Joy McMillan, the communications specialist here at Hemlock Public School District and your host for today's show. I have some special guests with me today that I cannot wait for you to meet. Would you guys introduce yourselves, share what you do here at the district and how long you've been with us? My name is Jeremiah Allen. I am the middle school custodian. Um, I've been in that role for finishing up my first year. And before that, I was the PM custodian. So I've been here for now officially going on my second year. Okay. My name is Becky Kellingbeck. I am the school nurse and I've been in this position for about 16 months. All right, well, thrilled to have you with me, with us. Um, what is one fun fact about yourself? Fun fact about me is I just love music, uh, guitar music in, in, in particular. All right, do you play guitar? Not as much as I'd like, <laughs> but yes, I do. I try to very often. Uh, let's see, I love cleaning actually. I like housekeeping, yard work, anything cleaning and organizing just is very so, satisfying. So when we get <laughs> private messages asking for you to please reach out to people who would like you to clean, should we pass your cell phone number on? i got to do my own house right now. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but no, I, there's just, I mean, I, this past weekend I was power washing, and there's, you know, when you're cleaning and the, watching the dirt fly off, I don't know, something very, very satisfying. Yep. Mm-hmm. We were actually talking about power washing the other day. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we were so jazzed yes. about the magic effect right. of the power washer. It is magic. So while we all do completely different things in different buildings, um, although you overlap the building specs, um, we all do different things here at Hemlock Public School District. We have a common thread that combines um, all of us, and we it is that we all recently graduated from the Dale Carnegie training course. So that is what we want to focus on today. Um, Just talk about some of the key takeaways, what we learned, what challenged us, what surprised us. So, yeah, Jeremiah. Uh, A brief brief description of the experience would be um, mostly trying to get you out of your shell. Um, A lot of uh, public speaking type things, um, personal communication seems to be um, something that at least I knew that I needed to fix going into this. So um, it's very rooted on self-help. It's funny because I like uh, being my starting my career at the bedside of nursing. Um, I would have said I was a good communicator because I, you know, had to communicate with people that I didn't know all the time. Um, and then, you know, I, as I moved away from bedside nursing and went into office nursing. Um, I, I've been like the only nurse in my position wherever I've been for, for quite a number of years, you know, like working as the only nurse in a doctor's office. And uh, so I had patients that, I, that contacted me all the time and I was constant in communication with them. But being in this role, I don't have a group of people or patients per se, or even students that I'm constantly communicating with. So I feel like I've kind of gotten away from that a little bit and it's easy to kind of like, get in a little shell if you're not mm. out there on a regular basis in a position where you you have to talk to people all the time. And so I feel like that was kind of good for me to kind of get back into finding my way to talk and communicate with people, you know, especially I'm with people that I don't know, you know, uh, as far as like if I'm calling a parent, they don't know who I am, mm. yeah. you know, and, and I, 
I think that at first people were like, oh, are you okay calling the parent? Of course I'm okay calling the parent. That's how I've spent a bulk of my last eight years as a nurse, you know, constantly communicating with families and stuff like that. So, but um, doing it in front of people when other people are watching you, it's totally different. Yes. I mean, a phone call is easy, you know, but like, so Dale Carnegie, you're giving these speeches in front of your classmates. On the regular. On the regular. Yeah. I mean, in high school, I was in the back row and I didn't raise my hand. I didn't like that kind of attention. So doing it as a regular basis definitely uh, was challenging, you know, and, and definitely pushed me out of my shell some. So. Did you find it got easier? It did. I, I felt like each class got a little bit easier, but the last one, when we had to do it in front of a, a sea of people, people I didn't know again, I, I had a hard time. But Same. Yeah. Yeah, same. And I agree with you 100% about getting you out of your shell. Um, being the nighttime custodian for a year, you're pretty much in the building by yourself going through there. And um, not that I'm a stranger to speaking to people, but coming back onto days and being surrounded by the children, I really wanted and was grateful for the, you know, for getting out of the shell and mm. getting accustomed to speaking normally to people again. Right. And, you know, everyone needs reminded of the things that that class taught. You know, everyone needs reminded that manners and smiles all go a long way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I uh, came into this position um, just three weeks before the Dale Carnegie course started. And so it was interesting, you know, when people would stand up and share, what do you do? What do you, uh, for me, I was still fumbling my way through that. But I thought, well, speaking's fine because I've been a professional speaker for the last 19, 20 years. And I thought, well, this, this will be easy breezy for me. But with the formatting of here, you have a minute and 50 seconds to communicate something really pertinent with an action step, with a wrap up. Um, that was super challenging for me, and I, I think it confirmed for me I'm super comfortable one-on-one. I love intimate, deep conversation, and I'm great with 300. Put me on a stage with a little bit of distance. Um, I will happily talk to hundreds of people, but two through 45 is, is for some reason, I'm just awkward. And so that was really uncomfortable at times um, because it was a whole different type of public speaking than what I was used to. So that was a surprise for me to realize how challenging what I thought would be the easiest part um, was. Trying to fit into, you know, like you said, the minute and 50 seconds, trying to fit all of the things that you need to convey in that amount of time really helps you narrow it down and get to the point. Yeah. It's hard because if you're a storyteller and Mm -hmm. you want a lot to say, to, yes, to and it takes it you 10 that. minutes to warm up. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, even so now, like, I do I do monthly presentations in the classrooms, in the elementary classrooms. And it takes me 15 to 20 minutes. No big deal. I enjoy it. Like, little kids are not intimidating. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, you can tell them why the sky is blue, and they think that's just amazing things that you just taught them. You know, so whatever you're saying to them, you're, you're teaching them something that they didn't know. So that's, you have their attention because of that. You put yourself in a room of adults. I don't know, that just was much more like I thought oh no big deal I, I speak to the little kids and then I went to class and I was like oh this this is not the same mm-hmm. yeah and now I gotta even if I were to ch- say the same presentation that I did in 15 to 20 minutes to little kids I gotta do it in two minutes yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so some of the key themes that we covered within the 10 week it was 10 weeks 40 hours right that we put into this um, or was poured into us I should say would be leadership um, human relations conflict, having those hard conversations, 
Um, did I say confidence? I did. Confidence building leadership. Um, what were were there specific things that struck you that you find that you put in your proverbial tool belt, like a tool that you find that you are implementing regularly? I've found that because of the time constraints with what you want to convey, when, you, when you're put in a position where now you want to make sure that your point is direct um, and effective, that also makes you a more effective listener. Mm-hmm. Um, I've found that I listen more attentively um, than I had before the class and listen for details and making sure that that person feels as if they're getting 100% of my attention that they deserve. I really enjoyed that part of it. Mm-hmm. And of course, some of the takeaways, like the golden nuggets or the golden rules, were making people feel sincerely appreciated and, and expressing genuine interest in people. And um, so that emphasis, really, all of those golden rules just fall into to what you just said, that Absolutely. taking time to sincerely listen, actively listen. Right. Absolutely. I don't think people always feel that they're being actively listened to. You know, so when you give them that time, even if it's just something simple, then then they see that you respect them as well. And so by, you know, paying more attention to those kind of things instead of being in a hurry or, oh, yeah, yeah, I got this or whatever it is, take a couple extra seconds, take a couple extra minutes, make that person feel important. It's easy to keep your nose down and, and stay focused and, and hardworking. Those are things that we're all raised to do. Um, but sometimes it's difficult to remember to smile. That should be the easiest thing. But when, you know, it's okay to stay busy. And that's, that's a good thing. But look up and smile. You know, someone might be counting on that. Mm. Absolutely, which is classifiably a soft skill. And I think up until more recently, when you look at the function, the behind the scenes of businesses and corporations, there was so much emphasis on... Um, managerial skills and on what hard skills do you bring what's your background what's your education what's your and sort of a, a tiny slice of the pie was soft skills and yet you look at really what makes uh, what sets a business or an organization apart and what makes it an environment and creates a culture that people want to be a part of is a good 75 80% soft skills it's that communication it's your nonverbal communication your body language um, you know, listening to people, and, and that was an underlying current through everything communicated with, with the training that we did. Right. Was there a, a week? Was there a, a topic? Was there maybe a talk that you gave that sticks out in your memory as a favorite or a kind of a milestone marker for you in those 10 weeks? One of my favorite stories that I told was about a nurse that was really influential in the earlier parts of my career. And she she saw something in me that I didn't see. She saw confidence that I didn't have because I was still so new and grabbed me and put me in the middle of a code situation and had me doing chest compressions and giving epi and you know, that something that I wouldn't have necessarily felt comfortable just doing. I don't think I had even been a nurse for a whole year. But she knew that I would eventually need that skill and feel comfortable. And and so that's one of the stories that I told. And, again, that was a hard one to tell, <clears throat> excuse me, in that small time frame because I, I could have told so much more. Mm-hmm. But 
she to this day is probably one of my most favorite nurses that I've ever worked from and learned from. She just, she knew so, so much and she just, I don't know, she just had a way of seeing you and pulling you in and and going back later. I mean, so I got a, I got a note later, like, hey, great job helping during that situation. She would check in with me all the time. Like she, how's your kids doing? How's your baby? You know what I mean? Like she made me feel like I was a part of that team, even though I didn't see her every day. Um, and we didn't interact all the time. But um, if she told me that I needed to go to a unit that I'd never been to before because she told me I could do it, mm-hmm. I could do it until I felt comfortable doing it. And so do I think f- everybody needs one of those type of people in their lives yeah. that sees you beyond what you see yourself mm-hmm. and can push you to, you know, give you the confidence. Because sometimes that's all it takes is somebody saying, you can do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I can do it. She, she believes in me, so I can believe in me. Yeah. And would you say that that has shaped how you come alongside other people, how yeah. you mentor? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like when I when I worked at the hospital, and definitely when I I have new nurses that were graduating, and you know, I'm a hands-on learner, and so the the people that have brought me in and had me do hands-on were the ones that I would do the same thing. Like, hey, you get in here, you do this, you you figure out how to do this. Let me show you. I'm gonna I'll just talk you through it or whatever the case may be. I want people to feel comfortable, the way she made me feel comfortable. One of the uh, one of the golden rules that we learned, and I'm sure I won't word it correctly, but it's give people a fine reputation to live up to. And that is so true because what, right. what we say of people, what we believe about people ends up being what they live up to. People will live up to what you believe about them. And so that's such a beautiful picture or an expression of that rule fleshed out right. where yeah. she knew what you were capable of right. even when you did it. Yeah. Growing confidence in your team, that's a big theme that... Mm-hmm. Um, that I took away from this class as well. Growing confidence in your team. That's excellent. Well, it was, oh, what were you gonna say? I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dale Carnegie said that knowledge isn't power until it's applied. You know, it's easy to throw around. um, Knowledge is power, knowledge is power. And uh, Jacob, our intern here at Hemlock Public School District, him and I have had conversations about how it's easy to research and research and research and learn and learn and learn, but delay action because it's almost more comfortable just, let me just put tools in my tool belt, but then actually using them. And uh, so again, it's just one of those things where we have to revisit these nuggets because it's easy to have done this 10-week course and then move on with our life and just leave them in our tool belt. Right. Yeah. And so if you were to distill these 40 hours of info, and of course there was more preparation outside of class, so it's longer, um, more hours put into this, but out of all of this time, if you were to give our listeners um, a tool to take away with them from listening to this, whether it's as simple as smile, um, what would it be? I certainly think smile is a, a big one, but mm-hmm. if, if you're going to do, if you're going to take away something from the Dale Carnegie class, one thing that made a difference to me is um, is growing confidence in your team, for sure. Um, not that there was an issue beforehand, but um, getting into some of the subjects of being more relatable and listening more intently and smiling. Um, all of those things seemed to add up. I, I think it was a sum of all the, all the tools that they give you in your tool belt that really is going to make the difference further down the road. We've got people that are eagerly willing to help in situations where sometimes maybe in the past that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and it's infectious. I mean, who doesn't want to be part of a winning team? And I feel like this, this program that the school has invested uh, its time and money in us um, is promoting that. And the benefits are just just at the tip of the iceberg so far. I think we're um, going to see more and more of that as, as it spreads. It, it's contagious. It is. I would say probably my takeaway would be um, just taking time for others, you know, because I feel like when you build a relationship with somebody and get to know them, even on your basic level, then they'll want to come talk to you about something that's a little bit more serious. Because like, that's been my goal as being the school nurse. Like, I at the middle school most of the time, and I'm standing in the hallway when the bells ring, and, you know, not every kid needs me. But if I can stand in the hallway and smile at every kid that walks by or say hi or how's it going or even like there's been a handful of kids that maybe had something simple going on. Hey, how's it going? How's your finger today? Or how's your knee doing today? Whatever it is, the simple connection. Then because they can see that I've cared about something small, I've had a couple. Hey, can I come talk to you? I mean, it might be they just need to like unload or maybe again, it's something really simple. But I'm trying to build that trust with those kids because I want them to know hey, you know, sometimes you just need to come tell somebody something. Or maybe, you know, can something just doesn't feel right. Can you look at this to make sure it's okay? Or like, you know, hey, if I'm not feeling well, but, you know, I'll just communicate that to your parents so they're aware when you get home. If you can feel like you can handle it through the day, whatever, the, whatever it is, you know, just so a kid, whatever grade they are in, that I'm a safe person. You know what I mean? I'm a safe adult that they feel like they can tell something to or whatever the case may be. So that's, you know, even like... I don't interact with a lot of staff. I just don't see them where I'm at. But if you can notice a little bit of information, like, hey, how's it going? How's your daughter? How's your family? You know, um, just reaching out. I mean, I think that sometimes we walk past people and, and don't say anything, you know, but, like, people love to talk about themselves. People love to hear their name. Those are two of the things that we did learn in, in Dale Carnegie. And if you can get somebody, you know, talking about themselves or – a piece of their family or whatever it is, then you've made that connection. So connecting, I guess mm. that would be my biggest takeaway. Yeah. Connecting. That's awesome. I have always been someone who struggles with conflict. I tend to avoid hard conversations. I don't like to take up space. I would rather just you know, keep it to myself. If if I disagree with something, and, and it's just, I think it boils down to probably that fear of rejection. I'm sure there's all sorts of, of underlying motivations, but then coming into a school environment where I've been my own boss for the last 16 years and so I haven't had a team I've just been on my own it's easy to avoid conflict when you are a one-woman show and uh, so that was really helpful for me those sections about you know when you do have to have a hard conversation initiate that conversation with common ground instead of no you're wrong I disagree which I wouldn't say anyway but I think being able to hold on an olive branch of here's a point of connection and establish that rapport over unity um, has has helped me lean into conversations that maybe I would typically avoid. And, you know, the more I do that, it's like a muscle that I can, oh, okay, I can take up a little bit of space. My, my voice does matter at this table. It's okay to maybe disagree. In fact, what makes a great team is when you have a variety of different people with different perspectives and different opinions but handling it in an honoring way. And so I've avoided something that could actually be really fruitful when handled well. And so I, uh, that was really something that I leaned into with um, the Dale Carnegie course was just how to have those hard conversations 
in a fruitful way and not something that you come away reinforcing why I avoid conflict. So that was super helpful for me. Well, do you have any uh, final words as we wrap this up? Well, um, on one of my speeches that I had given, uh, the final speech, in fact, um, with everyone present, <laughs> um, I had mentioned that uh, I kind of decided that I was going to pursue um, education further, meaning I might want to be a teacher. Well, as it turns out, um, there is a teacher's apprenticeship program that has recently been rolled out, and I've been rolled up. So <laughs> That's gonna, awesome. That's amazing. Taking my first step. Um, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Uh, honestly, I don't know if I would have had the guts to do what I'm going to do if it wouldn't have been for the Dale Carnegie course. Mm. Believing in yourself, you know, and um, it, I th I'm certain that a big part of the deciding factor to go ahead and try something like this was that I'm not silly. I know that this was a big investment that the school put into all of us. So... I wanted to use that and, and maybe ride that ride that wave into something new, um, challenge myself to the next thing. And uh, it wasn't just something I said for a speech. I, I really appreciate everything that we went through to, to come to that conclusion. So mm. It's exciting. So good. One of my favorite things about the culture here at um, Hemlock Public School District is that there is so much value placed on personal growth and professional development. And uh, part of the fruit of that is that they invest in their people, in a school nurse, in the head janitor, in the communication specialist that has been there for three weeks, that they, they see in us potential and go, here, we want to invest in you. We want to send you to this course. And uh, that lends itself to creating such a great culture of growth and uh, emotional health that we bring our whole self to work. And uh, so it's just an amazing uh, culture to be a part of. If you are interested in learning more about Hemlock, about enrollment or joining the Husky Pack as an employee, you can find us online at hemlockps.com. Thank you for listening. That wraps up this episode of the Husky Pack podcast. Mm -hmm.